Hello, and welcome to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. Please enter the matrix now. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome into episode number 20 of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. I, as always, am your host, Adam Levy, and whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or Spotify, I'm so glad that you could join me for this week's amazing episode. Now, before we get into things, and we do have a very busy show this week, I did just want to give a huge congratulations to all of those NLL Season Award winners, including those all-team and all-rookie selections. I'm sure that for many of you out there, that the decisions or even the nominations might not have been what you have wanted, but what we can say indisputably is that all of the winners had incredible NLL seasons, and congrats to them because there were so many amazing and historic seasons, statistically speaking, uh, for all of these guys who were winners this year. And for those who didn't win, don't worry, your time will come. I am definitely sure of it. Moving into this week's episode, we're featuring a player who not only had a career year in the NLL, but he's having a career and potentially historic summer in the WLA. This player featured this week as one of the nicest guys in the game, no matter which league you're talking about. And he plays for the Calgary Roughnecks in the NLL and the Victoria Shamrocks in the WLA. And with one last teaser before we jump right into the Matrix, our numbers of the week that relate to this player are 128 and 88. Now it's summertime, guys, so the barbecues are ready for the insane amount of nuggets that we're about to find this week. So let's get into the Matrix so we can chow down. Let's go. Ah, what it must feel like to be King. Jesse King, that is. You see what I did there? Yes, Jesse King has been playing some of the most incredible lacrosse for the Calgary Roughnecks since the beginning of the NLL season, which started in December. And he's continued that extraordinarily high level of play throughout the early parts of this summer with those Victoria Shamrocks. In fact, King leads the WLA as of this recording on Canada Day, July 1st, with 57 points, and he's also added 39 assists as part of those 57 points, of course, through eight games. That puts him on a pace for 128 points and 88 assists this summer in the WLA. Unbelievable! You are so right, TSN and NLL play-by-play announcer John Abbott. It is just unbelievable to hear those kinds of numbers through only eight games. And on this Thursday, just before this Canada Day, he added, King did, another five points, including four assists, to bring him to those totals. And for King, who's been playing lacrosse for over 20 years now, he's so happy to be playing for his hometown Shamrocks this summer alongside his brother Marshall, who, by the way, is having a great season on his own right with 19 goals, 15 assists, and 34 points, all in front of their family in the stands for almost every game. You know, I started playing lacrosse when I was seven years old, and my neither of my parents have ever you know, played it or, you know, taken part of any coaching or any kind of things like that. And uh, I only started playing it because when I was in elementary school, like guys were like, well, you play baseball. Like, why don't you play lacrosse? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm seven. I don't really know what I'm doing. Like I just <laughs> go where I'm told, <laughs> you know, and they're like, Hey, like mom and dad, are like, 
these kids play lacrosse. Can I play lacrosse? Like instead of baseball. And they're like, sure, like, whatever. And so I started playing lacrosse and I just remember, you know, obviously, you know, mom and dad's got to drive you to practice. And I just remember my dad, you know, watching all the practices and then, you know, he's never, he's never picked up a stick in his life. And two years later, this guy is, is right when my sister started playing lacrosse, um, you know, he was coaching <laughs> and I was like, you have no, like looking back on it, I never would have known back then, but looking back at it now, like, this is a guy that, you know, he's working, you know, 40 plus hours a week as an electrician down at the, the dockyards. And then he's driving us to practice, going to his own practice with my sister, coaching off of, you know, two years of experience of watching a novice or a second year type practice and a first year novice practice for, two, you know, a summer. And, you know, I never really got to the point in as a child, like being able to actually, you know, like honor that or like, you know, really appreciate that from, from my, from my dad. Cause you just don't, you don't realize those things when you're a kid, you know, you're dumb, you run around, you play a sports and you're like, Oh, thanks for taking me. Like whatever, like, you know, and now that you're older, you're like, and like, I see how hard it is to manage my own time and organize my own time. Like this guy did it. My dad and my, you know, my parents were there to support me through the whole step of the way, all the way to, you know, taking on this complete venture of, you know, committing to a division one lacrosse school that's across the country. And, um, there was at no point where they didn't say that I couldn't do it. They were, whatever you're doing, like, we'll make it work, whatever it is. And I just have kind of, I feel like over, especially after being hurt, I just feel like I don't credit my partner as well. Cause she's really instilled a lot of, uh, you know, family, uh, into me, which I think has really helped. But um, I just feel like now playing with my brother as well, like he understands the exact same principles that I've started to understand. And we just, you know, I see my mom and my dad every week because they live in, they don't live too far away from me. And it's just a principle that has come and been instilled, or a core value that's been instilled into me from, you know, being with Kendra and seeing her side of the family and now spending more time with my brother because of lacrosse, like we used to have a lot in common and a lot of the same interests. So it, uh, it is very important. And my dad's, you know, he's, he's at every, every game in the queue. He's coming up to Nanaimo on Thursday to come watch me play. And I'm like, who are you going with? He's like, I don't know. I'll go by myself if I have to, <laughs> you know, and, um, seeing him like even after games, just so smiley and so happy to see, you know, me and my brother, succeeding and seeing my mom and knowing that she's sitting in the stands and people are like, Oh, you know, I had this person ask me if I'm Jesse King's mom or Marshall King's mom. And you know, those little things are the things that just like kind of bring, like they humble you and they like, they make you emotional, but they also like, it's really what it's all about at the end of the day for me. Um, so I really have just come to appreciate that family time and those family values, especially with everything we've had to go through with COVID and, you know, with Marshall and Emily and, and everything over the last few years. So it's definitely takes something that's come close to my heart for sure. You just got to love a guy who loves family as much as Jesse King does. And, and we know that all of the King family is so supportive of each other as Jesse just outlined. But before we go any fu- further, let me just take a moment to go back to the ridiculous pace that King is on in the WLA this season is 128 points would only be 16 points shy of cracking the top 10 most points in one WLA season, and his 88 assists would only be five assists shy 
of cracking the top five in the most assists in one WLA season. And with 10 games left for King to play with those Shamrocks, there's still a chance that King could end up on each of those top five categories. Now, one of the ways that he's been able to do this uh, this season uh, started back when he was with the Roughnecks during the NLL, and that was because he was taking a new leadership role after, of course, Dane Doby, who went to the San Diego Seals, was no longer in the in the lineup. This meant that King needed to step up in a multitude of different ways, and boy, did he ever. King's 95 points in the NLL were a career high for him, and his 66 assists were not only a career high as well, but it was also the fifth most assists in the entire NLL this past season. Jesse King's Roughnecks coach, Kurt Miloski, had so many incredible things to say about how much King has grown over this past season. I think Jesse's just that, you know, you start with good people make good teams. And, uh, you know, I, I think just he's such a good person. He's got such a big heart. He's just a quality, quality person on and off the floor. And I think, you know, that's just a testament to him and his parents and the environment he was brought up in and, you know, how loving him and his brother are. It's just, you know, you want, you want a leader and you want to lead men and, and you're, you can't fake it. You know what I mean? I always say you can, your eyes tell a story and you can't fake it, fake it. If you're looking at someone or you're saying someone, people know if you're genuine and, you know, Jesse speaks from the heart, so it's pretty easy for him. So for him to say I was a huge part of his development, I, you know, I, that's that's great. But Jesse's just, he's just, it's a great, just a great leader. He's just, he's born with it. And, uh, you know, it's just, he's, he just cares so much about the guy next to him. And that's what a leader is. And, you know, he, he puts everybody else first and that's what a leader does. And, and then when the game's on, he's a fierce competitor and he wants the ball in his stick. He wants to take games over and, and that's, he's got all the qualities of a leader. And, uh, a compassionate guy he cares about the people off the floor and cares about their life and, and he goes to work hard and, and he battles hard for the guy next to him when, when it's time to play and uh you know he, he's been a pleasure you know for me i didn't know him very well as a victoria guy when i got, first got him and you know me being a coquitlam kid it's uh you know through and through and and then you can kind of get to meet the guy and realize man what a quality quality person he is and you know that that you know, I know that Georgia wasn't big on did wasn't too happy with that trade when it got done, and I knew we were getting a really, really good lacrosse player. Um, but what what I what I'm very pleased with it. I knew Jesse was a good person. I knew we ran in good circles around town, and I knew you know we went to Ohio State, and he got a very good reputation. But until you're actually in the locker room with a guy and you really get to know him, and you're traveling with him every week, and you see him every weekend, and you get to know how good of a person he is, and that that was just a bonus for us. Considering how good King was during the NLL season, Miloski is excited to see King continue to grow and develop in the WLA this summer, but at the same time, he is also a little worried about King and and his health, obviously potentially getting injured during this summer because he doesn't want him to miss any, any NLL games going forward. And believe it or not, since King's first year of being both in the WLA and the NLL, that's since 2016, King is on pace to play in each and every game in both of those leagues for the first time in his playing career. Now, completely knock on wood that there are no issues with King's health. That has been such a detrimental part to holding him back from being as good as he's been this season. So we we wish Jesse a, a very, very healthy rest of this summer. Yeah, you know, we all kind of knew what Jesse could do, but, you know, you run into, it's just every athlete runs into injuries and they seem to go in twos and threes and, 
you know, and I know it's unfortunate for Jesse because he's in such great shape. And you think, oh, a guy like that puts all that work and then, you know, he's, he gets rewarded. He's going to get rewarded by staying healthy. But no, it goes the other way, you know. So he's had some unfortunate ones, but I know he's really worked really hard to make sure that he stays in great shape and that he can avoid those. those as you get older, you get you get smarter of how you train and your, and your injury management or your, your risk of re-injury or injury management, however you want to put it, you know, becomes that much more important. And I know if anyone's going to do it, it's Jesse and, uh, you know, him being healthy and him being able to have an opportunity to, like you said, showcase it's what everybody, you know, thought originally he was going to be the third overall pick. Um, it's no surprise to me. Um, you watch him in the WLA and he just loves lacrosse. Like I do sit in the stands and I do worry. <laughs> I do worry. Cause it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of, stuff that goes on in the WLA at times and I'm not taking anything away from the product. That's what I grew up on. I love the WLA, but you do worry about it a little bit, but uh, I just love the passion that, that Jesse has out there. He just loves to play the cross. He just loves it. Like, you know, he could be playing in the PLL and, and making a big bundle of money, but he chooses to stay in his hometown and to play with, you know, in his own community, play Victoria, play with his brother, play with the play with the guys that he grew up with. For King's summer head coach of the Shamrocks, that is Mike Simpson, who is in his first year as the head coach of the Shamrocks. He has been an offensive coordinator with this team since 2017. But Simpson couldn't agree more with Miloski's assessment of who King is as a person and especially who he is as a player on the floor during the WLA season. You know, what I have said to, to people in, you know, this year especially is that I think he's the most complete box lacrosse player in the world. I think that, um, you know, he, he's a top five or six offensive talent. If I needed to run Jesse King out the back door and play defense, he would probably be a top five defender on in the WLA for sure. And he runs the floor. He's sort of a throwback player, right? Back to the days where you, you know, you, you didn't play front door or back door. You, you know, you went out, you played defense, you got the ball and you ran up and played offense. That's, you know, in my day, that's sort of how it worked. And, you know, Jesse's a guy that could easily do that. So like I say, I, I think he's the most complete player in the game. And, um, you know, he's also a tremendous leader, which, which, you know, may go a little unnoticed and, you know, outside of all his points and, you know, his, you know, his assists and his passing is exceptional, but he's a leader off the floor and, and, and on the floor and the guys follow him. He's a natural leader. And, um, you know, like I say, we, we, we're lucky to have them. There's no question about that. When it comes to the technical side of things, Simpson really breaks down all of the great characteristics that King does bring on the floor that makes him one of those top players that he's seen in the WLA. Well, I mean, first of all, he's a tremendous athlete. You know, he's, you know, he's six, I don't know what he is, six, two, two, 15, two, 10. I'm, I'm not sure, but He's, you know, he's as fast as anybody on the floor. He's as strong as anybody on the floor. Um, and he, and, and what makes him so, what probably sets him apart is he's, he's probably the most determined guy when he's on the floor. And that's, you know, and so when you put those three things together, there's really nothing you can't do. And so he, you know, and he's, he's responsible. He understands the game. So, you know, he, he finds himself, um, playing back end quite a bit because he's cutting off 
you know, reverse transition. And now all of a sudden he's in the defensive end and he's not out of place. And he, you know, he, he just knows, he understands the game. He's a student of the game. And um, so he has all the physical attributes that you would need to, to play at the back door. And then, like I say, when we get it, if he, if he needs to get out and run, he, you know, he can, he can really fly in the open floor. And, um, you know, like I say, he's just a throwback player. He, he's, he's comfortable anywhere on the floor and his determination allows him to excel everywhere on the floor. Much like King's feelings towards Miloski, King also has a very strong connection with Simpson, and you can see that on the bench and, and the way that King is allowed to play on the floor during the WLA season. And Simmer, Simmer's a guy that, you know, I really uh, respect, and I, like, he's... Like he's whatever he's assistant chief at like Victoria Fire Prevention, and you know he was a he was a Shamrock guy. You know, grew up in Victoria, went through the whole process of playing junior and then going to the seniors and being a captain at one point. So he's a guy that his perspective is so valuable to me because um, he just gets it. He knows what it's like to be you know, a grinder kind of on the back end, a grinder kind of on the front end. He's, he understands what just people really well, you know, being obviously being in the position he is outside of lacrosse, like he just gets it. And so when I go to practice and I listen to, or I hear him talking, like it's, I, I'm going to listen to him no matter what. And the other thing about the relationship that Simmer and I have is I like, we just full blown trust each other. And it's, something that has developed more so over the years and this year, especially just with, um, you know, the expectations he has for our offense and, you know, kind of him as the head coach and Artie as the uh, D coach, like we don't really feel like he's our O coach as well, but it's again, like I said, through committee. So there's, there's gotta be a lot of trust there. He trusts our guys in the front end because he knows who we are from a leadership perspective with Reese, you know, Wardle and myself. And it's, it, we, it's amazing. I, I, I truly do love Simmer. He's a, a great mentor. He's a, an outstanding coach that's come a long way over the past three or past five years. And I think I truly believe with all of his soul that he loves the game more than a lot of people realize. Um, he looks forward to the bus trips. He looks forward to, you know, coaching. He's not afraid to put his foot down and let us know when we're playing like crap or we're having a bad practice or whatever. But at the same time, like he's able to show compassion and, you know, get excited when we, you know, we squeak games out or we, someone scores a big goal. Like he's been there before. So he knows what it feels like. And he gets just as excited, if not more than you do. So um, I'm really proud of him. I'm really happy that he uh, was able to apply for the assistant coaching job when it became available. And there's no other guy that should have, you know, had the opportunity to take over other than him, in my opinion. Um because it's what he wanted. And if, if there's something like that, that Simmer's going to want, like he'll do what it takes to, to get it. And, and not just from like a selfish point of view, but from a point of view that, you know, he thinks he can make this team better than what it already is. And he truly believes that, which again, I completely just respect the guy. And I, I know that he, I give it to him sometimes and he gives it back to me, but that's part of a, a healthy relationship. Sometimes is the ability to be honest with each other. And, I uh, I couldn't speak higher about the guy, to be honest. As you've heard by now, when we're talking about Coach Miloski, when we're talking about Coach Simpson, 
King has had a lot of role models. He obviously mentioned his father before in his life that has helped shape who he is as a player and as a person. And he is so proud and happy to have had each of these men shape who he is, both as a, as a man and as a player in lacrosse. Yeah, I uh, I think that there's quite a few guys that, you know, kind of fall into that category. And a lot of them just be, I speak about them because of recency and, you know, still being coached by Mouse and uh, Simmer. And my obviously I have the relationship with my dad. But, you know, to start, like when I was in high school, it was Darren Rising and Chris McKay. Those were the first like two like coach teachers that I ever had at Claremont that, you know, didn't take anything from anybody. And they, they whipped me into shape more or less to be a good student and then be a good athlete. And then once I moved on from there and went to Ohio state, I had a coach uh, at Ohio state coach Nick Myers that, you know, instilled those very same values into me. You know, you're here to be an athlete and my job is to make you, or you're here to be a student, sorry. And you're here to, for me to make you into a better person. And he doesn't so much like, obviously at the end of the day, like we play lacrosse uh, there as well, but his goal when people are leaving his school, I know it deep down is that they leave as a better person, not so much as a better lacrosse player. Um, and I think that all those kind of role models in my life have had those very similar, you know, intangibles about them. They have high respect for the game of lacrosse. They, you know, are very committed to what they do and they put in the hours that they need to, to be where they, they want to be. And I don't think that there's anything that I could respect more. And I also don't think that there could have been a better group of role models for me to, you know, follow along with and be able to learn from, because those are some tremendously extraordinary people that, you know, I still get to call my friends at the end of the day, but also aren't afraid to tell me when I'm being dumb. So I, uh, I respect that. And I, I, I think all of them will speak, you know, none of them ever like beat around the bush. They kind of just tell you right to your face. And that's what I really respect and what I really honor about those guys. And, you know, as far as it's what it brought into me <laughs> to me today, I think, you know, I'm still learning obviously, as far as like a leadership point of view, but you know, again, I, I love lacrosse and it's something that I want to succeed in. And, you know, I learned from all of those guys that if you want to succeed in something, you got to put in the work and you got to work hard and uh, you got to value it. So I guess that shaped me quite a bit into the player that I am today, especially, you know, being someone who I always credited myself for being the hardest guy, working guy on the floor and, you know, always willing to do whatever it takes. So that includes going into the corner for a loose ball and taking a big hit or, you know, setting a dirty, like off ball pick to get somebody open and they end up scoring. Your name doesn't end up on the score sheet, but it's going to end up making your team successful. So. I like to think they've all had a pretty positive (laughs) impact on my life, for sure. And just before we move into one of the final segments of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where we bring in the analyst of the week, and we do have a regular who has been on a couple of times now. But before we get to that, I do just want to mention that, of course, Jesse and Simpson and the rest of the Shamrocks do believe that this is a year that they can really challenge for the Man Cup. And now sitting at 6-2, and two, of course, they did unfortunately lose to the Nanaimo Timberman uh, this Thursday before Canada Day to, to move to 6-2 and two instead of 7-1. and one. The chances are still looking pretty good for them to excel through the WLA playoffs and into a potential Man Cup spot representing the West Coast. 
And now, of course, going to that analyst of the week, a guy who knows Jesse King very well and can talk about what the Shamrocks have done in the past in the Man Cup and and what they could do this year. We have a guy who is from Victoria, who is the voice of the Shamrocks, who has played for the Shamrocks, who coaches one of the junior Shamrock teams. He is Teddy Jenner. Of course, I have mentioned Teddy is a great friend, and and now he is back again to give his thoughts on Jesse King, one of the great old Victoria boys, not just a good old Victoria boy. He's one of the great old Victoria boys. So, Teddy, what are your thoughts? I think the biggest strides Jesse has taken in the last few years, now that he's healthy, is that he's evolved his game to being more than just a goal scorer. And you really saw that with Calgary this year and how he was, he set a career number for assists and how he was their number one playmaker. Obviously Curtis Dixon gets all the hype, but what Jesse King does for everybody on the team is he makes them better. And I think growing up in Victoria, he watched a lot of great players, whether it was the gate, whether it was a guy like Chris Pratt or Darren Rizek or, even when I was playing, a Kurt Malofsky, Ryan Ward, even when JT was out here, he was able to see some incredibly talented players and leaders when he was growing up. And I think that just really allowed him to understand that it takes more than just points to lead a team. And he really has become a true leader for the Shamrocks and for the Calgary Roughnecks, for that matter. And he leads by example. He's one of the hardest working guys away from the floor. Just look how well he's come back from his most recent injury. Like he's fitter, stronger, faster than he's ever been. He's playing some of the best lacrosse he's ever played. And, you know, he he just understands to when to speak, when to let his actions speak. If he needs to kind of stand up for somebody on his team, he will. Mostly he's just doing it by scoring goals. But he also loves setting up his teammates. The first game here, you know, when Victoria jumped out, I don't know, it was like an 8-1, 9-1 lead or something like that, and all the lefties were scoring. He had five goals in the first quarter. He probably had three assists. But his assists were more important to him because it meant that his teammates were scoring. And he's so happy when his teammates were scoring. And that just shows the character of Jesse King. And, you know, he's obviously dealing a lot with everything that's going on with his brother um, and his partner, Emily, who obviously was has lost a leg and going through cancer treatments and things like that. So, you know, he had a lot on his plate and he still had time to be a leader for his brother and a mentor and a strength for his brother, but also his brother's on the floor. And now that he and Marshall are playing together in Victoria, you can just see a weight kind of lifted off their shoulders. They're playing very free. They're having a lot of fun. And, and winning helps. And and Jesse has just been a huge catalyst to that in Victoria and for Calgary over the last couple of years. Thank you so much, Teddy, for that amazing insight and analysis on Jesse King. And of course, echoing so many of the thoughts that his coaches and, and Jesse have said himself 
So you really, you nailed it on the head as usual. It's no surprise to anyone. And I know that, that you and Jim Els, uh, also another great old Victoria boy, yeah, that you guys love and know Jesse very well and are so excited to see what Jesse is doing this WLA season, especially as you mentioned, now that he's healthy. Now quickly, before we go, just touching on the Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll of the week. Of course, we were talking this whole episode about the amazing numbers that Jesse King is putting up with the Shamrocks this WLA season. And I simply asked you, in terms of what he's done, where does it rank all time for you guys, the voters on the Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll, which you can find on my Twitter, at Adam Levy Sports. Is it the best season that you've ever seen? Is it a top five best ever? The top 10 best ever? Or is it just not in the top 10? And I would say, that uh, with a lot of votes that came in, the majority, 41.4% of you, said it is a top five best ever season. 14.9% of you said it, it's the best ever. 195 uh, of you said it is in the top 10 best ever. And then, of course, there is those people who don't think it's in the top 10, and that was 21, or excuse me, 24.1% of the voters. Thank you guys all so much for voting. Of course, you can find that on my Twitter at Adam Levy Sports every week before there is an episode. So make sure and go and vote. And with that out of the way, now we can kind of transition out of the Matrix in this episode number 20 of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast. Thank you so much to all the amazing guests that we had this week. Of course, the Calgary Roughnecks and the WLA Victoria Shamrocks Jesse King, Roughnecks head coach Kurt Malosky. Shamrocks head coach Mike Simpson, and of course our analyst of the week this week, Teddy Jenner. It's been a really incredible episode, and uh, while it's sad to to really close the door on the NLL season with those season awards coming out, as we announced at the beginning of the show, it's exciting to see what's happening in the WLA, as well as now finally starting up in the MSL, the Major Series Lacrosse, back east. So there is still a lot of lacrosse going on that you need to check out because there's some of the best talent in the lacrosse world playing in each of these leagues, as well as, of course, the PLL. So with that, I just want to always remember to remind you to think about what stats make your life so great. I've been your host, Adam Levy, and I'll be back for another episode soon.